Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Sam. Are you ready to like school me on this? I'm. I don't know if I'm ready to like school you on it. Okay, she's not that confident. Yeah, I'm not like super confident in my research. Well, I shouldn't say that. Anyway, I'm. I'm ready. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. Stuck at the office or traffic jam. Time to take it easy with Alyssa and Sam. Is that show you know a pro? Okay, so a couple episodes back, I mentioned uh, someone named Lacey Green, and she ran this uh, channel on YouTube called Sex Plus, and I kind of explained it in that episode, but if you guys missed that episode, it's it was basically like centered around like anything um, like sex related, like, or romance related even, like, uh, her whole thing was like being sex positive. So being comfortable with your sexuality, anything like surrounding like reproductive, like your reproductive system and stuff like that. So like STIs, STDs, um, your sexual orientation, like being comfortable, like discussing being intimate with your partner, like anything like that. And it got me thinking about the stigma around STIs and STDs. And then I couldn't, stop thinking about it (laughs) couldn't let it die (laughs) yeah I really had like a bee in my bonnet because I was just kind of like this is the only time that I get passionate about things is when I'm pissed off (laughs) mostly um which I don't know if that's a good quality but um it just really made me upset thinking back to any any learnings that I had on this via like public school education or kind of like what the conversation around like sexual health and stuff like that was in our society like where you and I grew up yeah and it just made me really upset because I do feel like there's such a stigma around sexually transmitted diseases and and infections and even more beyond that just like the actual like program that we had in of sex ed and so I wanted to talk about it yeah well I was gonna (laughs) say too actually like when you were saying about um like like sexual health and stuff like that like that was the thing that I think was that's where I feel like the most failed by like our school system is like our sex education was already really lacking and I I think that also like another part of healthy like sexual and like intimate relationships is like the emotional the mental like all of that kind of stuff and I'm like why didn't they discuss this with us at all like what to look for in abusive relationships and like manipulation and like all this kind of stuff because that's a whole other thing that can lead to like such a slew of issues when it comes to like sexual concerns and stuff that it's just like it's odd to me that they were just basically like this is how to not get gonorrhea but like you know it's just like that's that's one small part of all of these other things that go into like such a complex topic yeah um but yeah a hundred percent there's a stigma around um infections and diseases well and that's the thing is even when you're like saying like this is how to not get gonorrhea it's like the only thing that they said was don't have sex or use a condom yeah but or it's a like, diaphragm, <laughs> if we're taking it back to the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I actually, do you know what's interesting? I've never, like, my my friends and I are, like, very open with each other. Um, like, maybe a little bit too much. I've never heard of anybody using a diaphragm. Not that that's, like, a... Yeah, because we're not fucking, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, this is 2020. <laughs> like, even when they showed that, I was, like everything about this is outdated there's no way that anyone's fucking using a diaphragm hold let me put in my diaphragm babe (laughs) i think i mean it's out there for you if you want to be that because that's the thing is i i do feel like this is going to go on a whole nother thing but i do feel like the onus is on women this is just my experience i just anyway on women to enforce the use of condoms oh 
but also it's it's our like duty to like pay for birth control and all that kind of stuff and even that pisses me off because like i was so fucking broke i couldn't afford that shit yeah <laughs> like it was just like so but yeah yeah it abs- i i agree that i think that generally speaking the the onus is totally on women yeah and to i protect guess themselves well and that's the thing is i guess but that that's another thing is i didn't feel like diaphragms were approachable huh? approachable <laughs> to me because like i've never heard of any of my friends using them and like if i just like put one in there like well there you go now you don't even have to fucking i don't have to have this conversation yeah to what's that what do they call it what's like the funny way to say it anyway don't be silly wrap your willy (laughs) 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 great a research um anyway so i was really interested in like the actual like infections and diseases part of it and i tried to do like some research but i mean interestingly enough they're so complex. Yeah. And so a lot of the things that I had questions about and stuff like that, I couldn't really come to um, like a conclusion on it and speak about it appropriately because I don't want to do, you know, the people affected by these, you know, a disservice or even like educate in an inappropriate way or like a not responsible way, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I do have like a few stats and like some some thoughts, I guess. But I kind of wanted to take it back to like school and kind of like expand on what you think and then you know what I think um about how like what if you if you have an idea for how to improve sex ed what you wish they would have touched on some things that were uncomfortable in sex ed kind of like that sort of thing like memorable experiences that you were like huh yeah (laughs) do you have any of those um yeah so okay well so for me I had two like sex ed courses the first one was in grade five and the second one was in grade 10 and um grade 10 uh yeah yeah I think that's right because um, ours was in socials where yeah. we met um but uh so the one in grade five was mostly like don't let adults touch you where they're not supposed to mm-hmm. um and then also like obviously the conversation about like periods and stuff like that I th- I think that one thing that I thought even at the time was weird is that they separated the girls and the boys for those conversations. Oh. So the women learned about periods. Yeah. (laughs) And the men learned about like, you know, what their puberty was going to look like and all that kind of stuff. And I thought that was odd because I was like, why shouldn't they know? (laughs) Like what's going on with us? And I think that to me, it's like, that's just such a great example of how much like the stigma is you know, between men and women and and different people's issues and stuff like that and how people act towards men during puberty and women during puberty and all that kind of stuff. And even, you know, the kind of comments like, what are you on your period and stuff? Like, Mm. I think it would be so beneficial to everybody if these conversations were held in like a co-ed fashion, because like, why, why shouldn't we know about other people's like, you know, issues and concerns and inner workings and all that kind of stuff to me that would be so helpful from like a young age to just be like yeah it's uncomfortable obviously like we don't want to like talk about our penises and vaginas around like (laughs) the other sex but it's like I think that if we were able to to do that and have that be more of a normalized thing I think that by the time that we got to sex ed in grade 10 where we were having the conversations more about sex I think that we would be able to have more like adult conversations about it right um whereas like I felt like the one in grade 10 was really like yeah like you said just like use a condom and do this and do that like it it didn't really like let's be realistic about this like these are teenagers you know what I mean so like is just saying you know use a condom is that enough like is that actually like 
you know helping them to truly understand is that help and like I, I think also like what would have been helpful to me is like how do you, how do you even go about asking a partner to put on a condom yeah that's a huge one you know because it's like it seems so simple and so silly but it's like <clears throat> I know for me, I have a, I still have a hard time advocating for myself, not specifically with condoms, but like with right. whatever, you know what I mean? So I like at that age, asking some, asking a partner when I was already nervous, I was already uncomfortable and stuff like that to put on a condom was fucking awkward. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I would a hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. And like, yeah, no, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, yes. <laughs> well, I was, I was going to go into detail and I'm like, oh, I can't, but <laughs> But yeah, I would 100% agree with that, that that would have been like a great tool to have. And especially if you're having that conversation with both, you know, yeah, men and women, then you guys can both kind of hear and th- my, my mind's going too fast. Then you can both hear kind of what the other person's concern is and you're both learning in a cohesive environment. So you're both there for the conversation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, where was my mind going other than that? It was like firing off in so many different directions just then I think I lost it anyway yeah I I just think that like it um yeah like I I think that like because they treat it so almost like too plainly like they're not really going into like the complexities of it and really I don't think that our sex ed course was was it more than a day (laughs) I think that it was two classes Mm. but I actually because Sam and I went to different middle schools and so I had one in middle school as well which is interesting yeah I did I don't yeah I just don't think I did but I could text someone and ask because I was gonna say um I think that it's it's interesting that you brought up that um you think that the boys and girls should have been in the same class for the grade five one I think mine was in grade six um but I, I even when I was thinking that I was like, ooh, that's kind of uncomfortable. But but if we talked about sex <laughs> mm-hmm. in a normalized way, would it be uncomfortable? Like if boys were growing up and like knowing how to respect and and, you know, not laugh and stuff like that. And same with women, if we didn't, you know, the same yeah. thing, if we grew up learning how to respect and not laugh, then it wouldn't be uncomfortable. It would be just like learning English math <laughs> you know what I well, mean well and like and like once you like of course yeah like it's gonna be uncomfortable for the first conversation but it's like once you move past that it would just become normalized like you're talking mm-hmm. about like the function of the brain and all that kind of stuff um well into my 20s <laughs> I was in a relationship um with someone that I I had like dropped a not a used tampon like a like a it was enclosed unused tampon I had like dropped it on the floor and my partner was like going around like picking stuff up and he like picked up and he was like what is this and I was like first of all the fact that he didn't know what a tampon is is concerning (laughs) and secondly I was like oh it's a tampon and then he was like like he literally was like as if it was like a hot potato like like flung it away from him and I was like we are are we are we 24 or are we not? Like, I did, like, I, like, this is fucking crazy to me that, like, you're not, like, like, you're, you're acting that childish about a tampon that has not even been inserted into my vagina. Like, it's yeah. literally just on, like, it's, it's plastic. You're touching plastic. Yeah. It's the equivalent of you touching a fucking straw, dude. Like, oh my goodness. But that's the thing is that some, my family was like, maybe a little bit too open about talking about sex. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I I was actually like a little bit of a prude when I was younger, which is hilarious to anybody that actually knows me. Hmm. But um, yeah, like my mom was fucking like, you got questions, baby. <laughs> Let's that's talk good, about though. it. But that's what I'm going to say is that my brother grew up very understanding and educated about both men and women. And he was like, he was 
honestly in that capacity like a great brother as well because he could understand like what I was going through and stuff like that and and he was never like uncomfortable with that stuff yeah and like oh my goodness like picking up a tampon like that he would just like fucking walk right into the store and be like yoink this is the brand this is the type this is like you know what I mean and you can see such a difference in that sort of like I guess education where okay well we can just understand that like this is something that happens to my body doesn't doesn't or to their body doesn't happen to my body but it's still like completely normal well and even like it's so funny thinking about as well like men that like are embarrassed to like pick up like menstrual products or whatever and it's like no one fucking thinks it's for you dude no one's like oh where are you getting this tampon for your vagina (laughs) like it's like no one fucking cares but like I think um as well one thing I was gonna say is that because we grew up with that stigma and with like other people kind of making it something to like make fun of and whatever I remember as well being like an adult and I was with this partner that was otherwise a piece of shit but um he had like asked me to take a shower with him and I was like oh oh like no I I don't I don't want to take a shower like I'm on my period and he was like so and I was like well I have like a tampon in and he was like so and I was like you can like see it like you can like there's a string and he was like it's a string and I was like, yeah, it is a string. Like, <laughs> like, and it actually, like, it did make me feel, like, a lot less embarrassed. And, and I think that with all things, like, medical or, you know, not that that's, like, inherently medical. But, like, no, but yeah. you know, anything pertaining to my body, I've always been embarrassed about stuff like that. Yeah. And it's, like, once I got over the hump of someone being, like, no, it's fine, I was, like, oh, perfect, it's fine. And then I was, like, totally fine, like, with any other partner after that. It didn't bother me. I wasn't embarrassed. It wasn't, like, whatever, except for that motherfucker that didn't want to touch my tampon. That was a weird moment. Um, (laughs) I mean, that should have been a red flag. (laughs) It was. (laughs) Um, Let me educate you. (laughs) Um, But, but, yeah, it's, it's just funny that, like, because, like, someone normalizing it for me made me feel so much more comfortable what was going on with my body yeah. <laughs> like and it, it it was like really helpful to have you know it just be what it was you know well and I think that it is so damaging having forces in your life who are the opposite mm-hmm. because I did have those people and um one of my exes would say that I was broken during that time you probably knew that it looks oh, like wow. you you remember who that was um yeah that and which you know, if you, like, boil that down, it means that, like, I'm out of commission. Like, you're useless. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that actually, like, at the time, it was kind of, like, a joke. But looking back, it was, like, actually really hurtful. Of, o- yeah. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, like, it, like, boils down your worth to, like, whether I'm, like, physically available for you or not. And, like, that's, <laughs> that's yeah. all I'm good for. Um, and, and I think that it's really important to kind of like perpetuate education on sex and and intimacy and stuff like that so that we don't raise kids like that like I don't want to raise if I am like blessed with sons I don't want to raise my boys to ever speak to anyone in that vein well and even people calling it like blowjob week that fucking boils my blood it's like motherfucker you no no like can you imagine can you fucking imagine marrying someone that calls it blowjob week no. that i'm not talking about mad specifically no. i'm talking about like other partners that would say that um or just like but that's the thing is you heard that shit everywhere like yeah. you didn't even have to be in a relationship with somebody to hear that saying i just feel like phrase. it's so again like it just continues to perpetuate this like feeling that like you are useless without like being able to like have sex um and that you should be embarrassed by this thing that should be something that you're keeping a secret basically like it's just it's so do you remember like 
I don't I don't know if people were like this in your middle school, but I remember like when people would ask for tampons, we would like hide, we would get it from our locker, we would like hide it up our sleeve, and then we would like go to the other girl that asked for it and like put our sleeves together and like like yeah. slide the tampon over so that why like so that no one could see we were passing this plastic baton like who fucking cares <laughs> menstrual olympics it's like the most like like what a fucking hilarious thing that we were all so fucking embarrassed by that it's like so stupid oh my god i didn't actually get my period until i was 15 oh wow so i didn't participate in the menstrual olympics okay. because we were all quite a bit older by the time that i um became a woman yeah <laughs> but um that's fucking hilarious that you called it the menstrual olympics i'm so sorry i can't get over that that was i literally slapped my knee it was a literal least knee slapper um but exactly and and i'm i'm not because i said like pissed off i'm not like angry at the earlier generations because if you think about the stigma that they went through regarding this unreal you know what i mean like that periods were like like you don't talk about that yeah like it's like a a non-thing like obviously I wasn't in a relationship in those times because I wasn't born but I like I'm I'm assuming having sex on your period was like a mm -mm. like we don't do that sort of thing like you're dirty like that sort of thing and even in that generation thing like things like yeast infections and stuff like that were seen as you being not like an unclean person which is just like not the case like some people are just more susceptible to them yeah. and you know what i mean it's just like it has like some people are eating a lot of nutritional yeast <laughs> <laughs> no there's yeast so many diets. factors and like they're obviously like i won't like go like into it but like well i will go into it fuck it but um like there are things that you can do to like you know stop the frequency or whatever but it doesn't mean that you're unclean it just might mean also that you're uneducated on it and like whose fault is that like I don't come out of the womb knowing how to take care of my body yeah and if we don't educate people and if you're a parent and you don't feel as comfortable you know just like I I wouldn't be able to teach my kid math then I would hope that there is something in place like that I could send my kid to to get adequate education on this subject and I think that that is probably the case with a lot of the older generation, I can't speak for them, but I'm just like assuming because if their parents weren't comfortable talking to them about sex and, and STIs and STDs and stuff, how could you ever relay that information? Because then you you run the risk of spreading misinformation. And I also think that like, I, I think that it would have been more valuable for us to learn that kind of stuff in school because then you're taking it as <clears throat> just not non-biased information. Right. Whereas like when you're talking to your parents, like it's typically speaking for most kids that's going to be way more uncomfortable way more whatever you're not going to want to ask questions you're not like because it's like embarrassing and like because of the stigma and I think that like being able to just hear it from like a third party that's completely unrelated to your life they're not like you should be having sex kid you know like well they are sometimes but like (laughs) but it's not your parents saying that to you you know what I mean so I think that it's so much more helpful to be able to get that information through school um I was gonna say too about the thing being on like you talking about people being seen as like unclean and stuff that's something that was funny to me about um I did like a video series talking about menstrual cups because I found like menstrual cups and I was like wow this is like life-changing <laughs> and so I did all these series on it and it was funny to me how many women were responding being like oh like that's like disgusting like I could never put my hand inside my body like that like I would like like I wouldn't want to see that I wouldn't want to whatever and I was like 
crazy. Like it's crazy that like how many women are like disgusted. So by, like uncomfortable. Yeah, like they don't want to put like this thing in their own like and not even about it being about the menstrual cup because I understand the people that are concerned about having like a thing in their body. Mm. Um, but like you don't want to touch your own body. Yeah. And like you see like your own like blood as being like dirty and like whatever. Like it's just <sighs> it's so funny to me. Like it's but it, it it's so interesting because like I'm not like uncomfortable with my body in the slightest but um <laughs> but I am like uncomfortable with like the thought of trying to like shove a menstrual cup up there like mm-hmm. I don't I don't use them yeah because I'm scared I have one I'm finna <laughs> but I need like I asked Sam if she would like coach me from outside the door and then I was like I guess I could just put one put on one of your videos but like I, <laughs> I'm like scared to like shove it up there but it is that is crazy what that, part scares you well, okay, so here's the thing. I ugh, I had this experience. <laughs> so this is my past trauma. So <laughs> I had this experience where I had a medical student who had to go in there and like do like take some like a sample or whatever, just like mm-hmm. routine shit. Um, and he really like hurt me <laughs> basically. And the other doctor had to take over. And so I'm I'm like actually like terrified of like hurting myself because it was really really painful yeah um what like because I think he just like took too much of a sample or like he hit something else or something and it was really painful it really hurt for a long time and um I'm just like I'm like scared basically of like foreign objects like going I mean (laughs) going in there you know and like messing up my stuff and so the thought of like because you have to like fold it like this right yeah I'm like scared that I'm gonna pinch my shit (laughs) (laughs) oh okay 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 yeah Yeah, even coach you through that later even though it's like later (laughs) at a later date I know when your cycle is baby um (laughs) even though it's like such like a I like I'm still doing this with my hand (laughs) um even though it's like a soft silicone or whatever the base is thing it still is like a little weird thing in my brain yeah anyway um tmi for all of you guys sorry about that (laughs) (laughs) so i i did do a little bit of like research on stis and stds but again we're not doctors we couldn't get a doctor on here to speak about stds or stis in the time that we wanted to so um you know just take that with a grain of salt but what what information i do have are from places like the World Health Organization, stdcheck.com. I do have some from WebMD as well, and then also the Mayo Clinic. So those are the websites that all of this information is from, Uh, but always like fact check for yourself, obviously. But this is what I came across that I wanted to kind of like talk about. Because when we were in school, when we first had our um, like sex ed class, they were still referring to STIs and STDs as just a blanket statement of STD. And then by the time that I think we were in grade 10, they had changed the verbiage to STI and then STD for between infections and diseases. So I kind of wanted to like illuminate that because some of our viewers are past the point where like they would have been in sex ed yeah. by the time that they changed it. So an STD is a sexually transmitted disease. And from my research, what I thought a sexually transmitted disease was, was something that was incurable. Mm. But apparently that's not the case. That's not what I came across today in like all of those websites. Because I was like, huh? Like I'm wrong? Yeah. <laughs> apparently, where did I write this? It's, <laughs> um, it's so the disease is, uh, occurs when cells in your body are damaged as a result of the infection um, and signs and symptoms of the illness appear. And then I was like, huh? So then I looked on another website and it said when your infection starts uh, presenting symptoms okay okay which I didn't realize because generally speaking from my research like things like chlamydia and gonorrhea and stuff like that they don't um 
show symptoms oftentimes Mm -hmm. until they've progressed to a point where like you might have pelvic pelvic inflammatory disease um or like further complications from it you can have symptoms but they say like i think it was 75 percent of women don't have symptoms when it comes to chlamydia wow i was like that's wild 75 percent of people and that's why like i just okay anyway i'm getting ahead of myself (laughs) um (laughs) i just like really want to advocate for people feeling comfortable talking about their Mm, they're bodies um anyway and an sdi is a sexually transmitted infection so that's like bacteria or a virus like goes into your body and is like living within you and then you know you can take antibiotics or whatever and get rid of it or it made it sound kind of nice when you were like living within you (laughs) (laughs) oh it's just hanging out man but that's the thing is like of course nobody wants to get chlamydia nobody wants to get strep throat yeah okay this is my thing is fucking love a strep throat yeah <laughs> bug me up bro <laughs> but that's the thing do you want to go out and get chlamydia no of course not but i also don't think that it needs to be this thing that's seen as dirty or like you know you wrinkle your nose at or whatever it's like okay do you need to abstain from sex for that time or use protection so that you don't infect somebody else much like if you had strep throat i wouldn't drink out of your fucking water bottle bro yeah sometimes i do and then i get strep throat and then i'm like damn it penicillin here i come um (laughs) but that's the thing is it's like i was i was saying this the other day is like with things like like herpes and hiv slash aids are the ones that i feel like are so heavily stigmatized Mm. And I was really upset about this because I was thinking like, if you had an outbreak on your arm, you know, like once every year or once every two years or something, because when I was reading up about herpes, the um, the outbreaks can be like very, very few, few and, and far, far between. between. And there's medication that can um, make the outbreaks less painful, last uh, like le- not as long um, and uh, uh, lengthen the time between outbreaks. So if you're getting this outbreak on your arm once every two years, you're not really going to feel that bad about it. Like, is it really inconvenient because it's painful for a while? Yeah, sure. Do you want to give that to somebody else? No. But is it going to be stigmatized as much if it moves from your arm to your to your lady bits or your man bits? Yeah. You know what I mean? And that really hurts me because I, d- I just, I don't see how... Uh, I, I wanted to like relate this to cancer but I know it's not the same thing but this is the thing is like there is no cure for herpes and there is no like cure for HIV AIDS um but there are medications and it's like somebody it's gets treatable yeah it's treatable um and somebody gets diagnosed with something like cancer or you're you're living with a chronic illness that's not sexually related you get sympathy yeah. You're not met with, I could cry. <laughs> typically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're not, yeah, typically. Yeah, I should say. But you're not met with this, like, stigma and, like, you know. Like, people are disgusted by you. Like, what did you do to get cancer, you dirty fucking like, Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, and it just, like, it hurts me so much that there's, you know, this population of people who are feeling, potentially, like they're put in a corner because of this when there are lots of times that, you know, how could you know, yeah. right? And it's like, yes, there are preventative measures, of course but there are also times where you really don't know when i was researching because there's um there's actually many different types of herpes and chicken pox is a strain of herpes i just found out today that i'm not immune to chicken pox so that's why she's relating that to me sorry (laughs) um i i thought that there were only two but there's apparently eight don't quote me on that i didn't research further um but herpes simplex virus one and and 
herpes simplex virus two are the ones that I feel like people normally are like speaking about um and one is the like one that you see cold sores and stuff like that and two is is like the traditional genital herpes um but there are people who can not present with a, a sore on their mouth ever and if you are being intimate with your partner in that way they can still transfer that in well disease yeah disease um to you even without having an outbreak and so it's like you know oftentimes both of you might not know and i was reading that that is like way less obviously you know a thing but it's still a possibility so these people who are saying well you didn't use a condom you sleep around this that and the other thing i know people who got it the first time that they had sex well and two like like isn't it basically then considered like dormant in that person's body like the, the person who would be like giving it to someone else in I'm, some cases i'm unsure okay. if dormant is the word that they use but um i mean maybe yeah i kind of i vaguely recall them talking about that in like sex ed or something like that see and they didn't talk about that at all to me in sex ed they mm. literally just like showed pictures of all of these diseases at and, and infections actually that might have been in my bio class now that i'm thinking about it that would make more sense to me because i feel like bio really taught me more than sex ed did yeah 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 um because from in my experience in sex ed they literally showed these infections and diseases at their like absolute worst and even same yeah. with yeast infections. They showed them as something that I, I don't think is like realistic for a lot of people. Yeah. And so how are you supposed to be like, oh, well, this is obviously what I, you know, something's going wrong when the pictures that you were shown are nothing like what you're experiencing. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, ugh, I just feel like there's such a missed opportunity because if you only show the extreme... You know, not everybody presents like that. Like, you need to have the scope as well. Well, and that's, like, that's the thing with, like, oversimplifying. And I also was thinking um, while you were talking about that, that, like, even, like, when they're saying to us to, like, go on birth control and stuff like that, because that's recommended a lot, nobody ever fucking talked to me, not in sex ed, not any of my doctors, like, no one ever talked to me about the side effects of birth control. And so I, like, continued to be on birth control for years and years and years and years and years. And then one day was like, eh, yeah, fuck it. I'm, why not? Like, look up the side effects. And I was like, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? But it's like, like, even that, it's like, we're just, we're giving people, like, half-truths, basically, by, and, and, it, and it's just like, it's such a disservice because if you're not getting the full picture of, like, hey, this is what this can look like at its, at its, like, best so to speak this is what it looks like at its worst this is what it looks like in between this is what the side effects of this thing are this is what this is this is actually easy to get let get rid of and whatever and this is how if you do contract this this is how you can continue to be with your partner intimately like Mm -hmm. all of these things that go into this like why was this only like a two-day thing where we talked about it for like 45 minutes each day you know when you just said this is how you can still be intimate with your partner um what did you say uh when like during yeah oh my goodness this is another thing is like if you think kids are not kids but like you know what i mean like teenagers or whatever whenever you decide to start being sexually active if you think they're just gonna stop fully being sexually active you're naive yeah because that's i don't in my experience that's not what was happening and so if you can teach other ways that you can be comfortable a talking to your partner about the fact that you might have you know an infection even like a, a yeast infection or whatever i'm saying that because um i feel like that that is the least stigmatized, I would say, out of... Because yeast infections? 
Yeah. Oh my God, I don't feel that way at all. Really? Yeah, like I've actually had like um, <clears throat> people like approach me being like mortified about it, being like, I don't know what to do. Like I like, like I don't know how to like talk to like my partner about this. Oh, and, like, wow. Yeah, and like asking if I've ever had it and like what I did and like, are am I okay? And like all this kind of stuff. And I'm like. Oh my God, wild. Yeah. I yeah. feel like it's the least stigma uh, stigmatized in, in my opinion because it's not inherently sexually transmitted. And it may be the least stigmatized, but definitely still. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but even that, like how you can, you know, talk to your partner about that and then still feel intimate with them during while you're just, you know, doing your shit to get rid of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's really important as well. Yeah. yeah. Just a moment to say a huge thank you to today's first sponsor, which is Skillshare. You guys, Skillshare is my bae. <laughs> Been my bae for like a year now, actually. So if you guys don't know what Skillshare is, it's an online learning community. When you sign up, you have access to thousands of classes and you can pick up the classes, put them back down whenever you feel like it. You can take multiple classes at the same time. If you want to take Spanish and creative writing, you're good to go. Uh, and you work at your own pace. So if you have lots of time one week, you can take it. If you don't have enough time the next week, you can just be like, see you next week, Spanish. Yeah, I've been going through like and just basically like usually when I'm getting ready, actually, because like it's easy to just put on and like listen to. Um, But uh, I've been like going through like every (laughs) photography class. Um, (laughs) But uh, there was also one because I wanted to go to like school, school for um, interior design. But I was like, I don't actually have the time to do that right now. Um, But there's one called um, it's by a teacher called Emily Henderson. It's called uh, Style Your Space, Creative Tips and Techniques for Interior Design. Um, And that one was like that's next on my list. Well, and that's cool. That's the cool thing about Skillshare is that maybe you're interested in something, but you're not willing to commit all of your like time and money like put all of your eggs yeah Yeah. into that basket you can take a class and there's like classes for like anything that I've ever wanted to learn is on Skillshare basically yeah (laughs) and you can you can kind of decide from there or just learn that skill on your own things like photography and stuff like that like there's a wealth of knowledge on Skillshare about photography and it's it's crazy because if you want to go to class for it I mean even like the driving alone Mm -hmm. it's like man Well, and I think as well, like there's so many people that don't really know what they want to do or even like just hobby wise don't know what like they want to do or what they might be interested in. And it feels kind of like daunting taking on something new. But that's what's so great about Skillshare is like you can sort of like dip your toes into like so many different areas that you want to like just see what might like bite for you. That's so true. And you can like take the class and be like, wow, this really like sparks passion in me. Sparks joy. It sparks joy. And you might not have (laughs) known previously. That's so true. I didn't even think of that one. So Skillshare, we know you, we love you, we use you. And if you guys want to use Skillshare as well, they are giving you two free months of a premium membership. All you have to do is go to Skillshare.com slash approachable. That's Skillshare.com slash approachable. And they will give you two free months of a premium membership, unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. You can just learn shit with us this year. Skillshare is also a proud sponsor of Approachable, and we're proud of them. So we want to support them like they support us. So definitely go check out Skillshare.com slash Approachable to uh, start learning. Thank you, Skillshare. Today's episode is also sponsored by Embark. (laughs) Okay, if you guys haven't been keeping up with me... (laughs) 
and what's new. Embark is a dog DNA breed and health kit. Um, so you get the DNA test in the mail, do it, send it through, and then you're ready to learn about your dog. I'm waiting. It's arrived at the lab. I got my email the other day. Um, and so I'm waiting eagerly to find out what I can find out about Kuma Dog. And how is like the DNA like collection situation for you? Oh, it's like so easy. It's like um, they send you out like a little um, kit thing and then it's like a swab. And so you just swab like um, their like teeth and their cheek and stuff. Um, oh. Yeah, Kuma kept trying to lick it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then you just like put it back in. Um, you like put it in this like stabilizing liquid or whatever. I think I could have just made that up. To yeah. Be honest. Um, it's like some kind of liquid. And then uh, it you just like put it back in the kit that it came in, which is nice too because it's like this super small like mailer it's not like wasteful at all like you just literally take out the swab swab it put it into the liquid put it back in the thing and like mail it back out it's all like prepaid postage and all that kind of crap so it's done like it's just it's like super quick and easy oh that's so cool yeah oh I cannot wait I know I cried the last time we did an embark ad because I was like (laughs) so excited to think about her grandparents yeah Kuma maybe meeting her grandparents well, I don't know. That she, I don't know that they offer like a service of meeting the grandparents. <laughs> we've determined that these are your ancestors, and we've set up a play date. <laughs> That's like a missed opportunity. Then I don't know. Yeah, maybe think about it for the one percent of people who would actually do it. Uh, right now, Embark has an exclusive offer you can't get anywhere else. Go to embarkvet.com and use promo code Approachable to save fifteen percent off your dog DNA test. That is EmbarkVet.com and use code APPROACHABLE to save 15% off your dog DNA test. Thank you so much, Embark. Thank you. Hit me with some facts. Well, I basically just <laughs> got really interested in STIs after that. So I have a lot of like information on like chlamydia, gonorrhea and uh, like a little bit about syphilis and stuff just because I was like, oh, wow, I'm really like digging in here. But I do feel like those are like quite well known. But anyway, um, chlamydia is an infection that is curable. You can go to the doctor, you get an STI or STD test and uh, you get pills it clears up in one to two weeks same with gonorrhea they say that uh, the the best treatment for it is a one-time dose and then you just abstain for seven days afterwards boom good to go they do say that you should get retested to make sure that you're clear of it because then you can you can run the risk of like reinfecting each other like if you're in you know a, a relationship and then you know you've had sex or whatever and then you both have it you want to make sure that like you're not passing it back and forth yeah um If you don't treat chlamydia and gonorrhea, it can turn into pelvic inflammatory disease, which is when it goes from an STI to an STD, uh, because pelvic inflammatory disease is like, it's pretty brutal because you can run the risk of being infertile, having ectopic ectopic pregnancies, um, chronic abdominal pain, like that's crazy just and and from something that's so treatable. Well, that's the thing. And the reason I think it was 90. Where's my thing? 75 to 90 percent of cases of PID, pelvic inflammatory disease, are from untreated STIs. Well, and I'm just wondering, too, like if because like of like stigma and stuff like that, if people are almost less likely to go get help for these things. That was my line of that was my like train of thought was that if we made it more you know, like, oh, I'm just going to get, you know, my routine STI checkup or whatever, if those numbers of PID would fall. Yeah. Because if, you know, the the high end of this is 90%. And if people were just going in to get tested all of the time, 
you know, they'd be catching that they have, is it asymptomatic when you don't have symptoms? Anyway, no symptoms of chlamydia and gonorrhea. You don't know that you're a carrier. You don't know that you're infected, but now you do because you are getting tested regularly. And honestly, I think that a lot of people think that if they're in a long-term healthy, you know, happy relationship that they don't have to get tested. You can, you can never know. Yeah. You know, and it can just take like one time of one, one or, or one of you to be unfaithful and then you're putting yourself at risk for something, you know, that could potentially stop you from having kids if that's something that, you know, you wanted in the future. So I really think that it's, it's prudent and important. Make to- it a date night. <laughs> Well, but that's the other thing is like in sex ed, they were talking to us about how like couples go in together to get STD. I'm like, no, they're not. <laughs> who? <laughs> Tell me who. We had 1,600 kids in our grad class, okay? But who's going, who <laughs> in our school? Who of those kids were going in for STD checks regardless? Like, yeah, but like let alone together. It's like, no. And, and sure, I think that in a perfect world, I think that that is great. If yeah. you and your partner could be like, okay, like, let's just go. I mean, I don't know that I would still go with my partner. I'd probably be like, okay, you go. They're like holding go. your hand during the yeah, I don't know if I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be doing that. Not because it's like stigmatized, but I just think that I'd prefer, you know, yeah. to do it alone. Um, but you want me to swallow that bit? <laughs> yeah. Actually, there, do you know what? There are, um, because I think that there's also an opportunity to make it more, um, more approachable um there are clinics in bigger cities that give you the swab you go into the bathroom you do it yourself you put it in the tube boom you're done see you later i don't think i would like to swab myself you'll put a period cup in but you won't stick a q-tip up there yeah they're a little scratchy okay (laughs) even when i'm getting my pap test i'm like well the pap test is because they're scraping cells off of your cervix yeah i don't like it it's completely different from an sti check what 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 explain to me then the difference because i feel like usually i'm getting them done at the same time yeah generally well i shouldn't say generally speaking in my experience that's what they do is they'll just be like well i'm already in here yeah so in in my experience the sti std swab is literally they take a q-tip and they just swab that's it and it's like i don't even feel it with a um pap test they're they're actually like taking that little like scrapey scrape and they're scraping cells to make sure that they're not um, turning into mm. abnormal cells. I did not do research on that. That's just from my memory. So I, do, I actually do know that there's quite a few nurses that watch our podcast. So um, yeah. Holla at us in the comments. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say it's like it's nice that you guys can like educate if, you know, if there is any misinformation that we're unknowingly spreading. But from my experience, that is because it's almost like a little like um, spoolie. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, the STD is just like a I little I do Q-tip. feel like that's scratchy. The spoolie is scratchy, yes. No. Oh, yeah. Fuck that shit. Fuck yeah. that shit. But I'm talking about the actual Q-tip as well. I feel like it's scratchy. Oh, really? Yeah, I feel it. Oh, I don't feel that way. But also the thing, the like. Well, yeah, the clamp is like not the most Oh, fuck. I you really got to <laughs> widen it that much. Dude, I hate when it's like, when they're like. <laughs> And it's like clicking and clicking open. I'm like, oh, oh it's oh. like when you're jacking up your car tire. Exactly, exactly. It's like, bitch, it's off the ground. Oh my god, I hear <laughs> that shit not wide enough for you. <laughs> Get a motherfucking flashlight. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Oh Have they not found a better way? <laughs> Innovate. <laughs> also, like, um, I was I literally got a pap test this morning. Um <laughs> But uh, the you know how they have like the stirrups where you like put your feet in? Yeah. My doctor was like, uh, she was like, I don't really use those. So if you just want to like put your feet up. And I was like, cool. Because I'm like, those feel so medieval to me. Like fucking put your feet in these metal fucking stirrups. And like, <laughs> yeah, well, and then they're always like, because it's uncomfortable to be like. 
I'm in a ball. <laughs> but then you're like, yeah. It's like, why can I just have my feet on the table? Oh, fuck. Oh, grandma, I'm so sorry about this episode. <laughs> but I'm not sorry because it should be comfortable to talk about. We're all women. Uh, We're not all women, but... <laughs> We are all women. (laughs) The people we're talking to about specifically pap tests. We are all women. Um, Yeah, anyway, so that's a thing. Um, That went off on a tangent, but I was talking about pelvic, pelvic inflammatory disease. And I do believe that if we were all getting screened regularly that PID would fall like incredibly so 90% that's staggering yeah and the other thing is is that people who aren't treating um things like chlamydia and gonorrhea they're becoming antibiotic resistant so not so much with chlamydia but there are cases that that um have what did I write hold on I'm trying to use like the right verbiage because I'm not a doctor yeah there are strains of gonorrhea that are multi-drug resistant and they're being detected in some parts of the world and same with chlamydia but less less so but that is from people not treating their infection or misusing their their dosage so when doctors say like you have to take the pills all the way through even if your symptoms go away even for things like strep throat because that's when they turn into things like superbugs. i don't mm. know if i'm using that right but i think i am i've been sick so many times um <laughs> then the i mean the the infection gets smarter the virus gets smarter and then it learns how to create the antibodies <laughs> why do i think that i'm such a scientist spooky shit, but man. like to to be you know, smarter than the drug so that it can live in your system. And so making sure that you're getting tested so that you can treat it, treating it the proper way as directed by your doctor and not overusing. That was the other thing they were saying is that there was a misuse and an overuse. So making sure that you are, once you you recognize that you are taking the steps to make sure that you, lowering your chances of contracting those infections or diseases. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I have on chlamydia and gonorrhea. Syphilis, surprisingly, is like the like least offender out of the three. Like least common? Yeah. Yeah, because of Mean Girls. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you not remember that moment in freaking, it's like their STD um, class <laughs> in the gym. And he's like, you will get syphilis and you will die. I thought that was chlamydia because then he tried to spell oh, it. He's yeah, like, K-L-A. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I will tell you the... Um, I don't need to watch the video. <laughs> okay. It is funny, though, because he's so... That's the thing, though. It's like, that is a parody, but, like, that's basically how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, represented for, like, what we went through. Um, there's... This is from the World Health Organization. It was estimated... I don't know what year this was, but it was estimated that 131 million people worldwide were infected with chlamydia, 78 million with gonorrhea, and 5.6 million with syphilis. Wow, syphilis really is like dying out these days. Yeah, which is like honestly great news because that one, if left untreated, is like, yeah, it's pretty bad. Go on. Um, That was all of the stats that I had for that. I really, I did start researching HIV because that's another one that I feel like is really highly stigmatized and I just don't, I don't feel like there's a need to stigmatize any disease or infection in general. It is, you know, something that we have to live with in this society is that there are diseases, infections, you know sicknesses that go around even like honestly right just as a sidebar conversation like people's reaction to coronavirus is like outlandishly racist like people are just like going off on all these fucking tangents and it's like this is it's horrible Mm mm-hmm could not be more normal to happen in a society like it's just like oh my god it's well these these have been I mean h1n1 
Yeah. That like this has been happening for however long that 10 years. Yeah. And then I'm sure before that, I mean, there was like what was in like the like smallpox, stuff like that. Like all of this, it's been these crazy viruses and bugs have been happening for ever. Why is this getting so much media attention? I mean, important to like spread awareness and stuff like that. But in a respectful, appropriate way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and people trying to, like, point the finger as to, like, you're not going to find patient zero. <laughs> okay? <laughs> like, people, like, trying to, like, point the, point the finger and shit like that. It's just so stupid. Well, it's just not helpful either. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I do feel like HIV is, like, highly stigmatized. But, again, I don't want to do any of these a disservice and when i started reaching um researching hiv it was very nuanced like the different strains and stuff like that and then the different treatments for those different strains and so i just realized that like my (laughs) my little pea brain (laughs) would not be able to do it justice but what i will say is um the history of hiv is incredibly racist and homophobic yeah um and in modern day there's incredible strides that have been made to live a healthy like quite comfortably yeah, yeah exactly like when i was reading about it yes the side effects for the antiviral drugs and stuff like that depending on what strain you have like what stage it's at and stuff like that i mean they can be you know you can have side effects but but why is that so much more stigmatized than the side effects of antidepressant med- medications or birth controls or you know or 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 yeah and just because you acquired a disease in a sexual manner it doesn't mean that you're less you're you're less of a person because of it yeah you know what i mean um and and you can live live with that disease at this point in time do you think that just out of curiosity in your opinion do you think that women are more um like stigmatized than men when it comes to like stis and stds yeah I wouldn't say well this is the thing why I was so intrigued I don't know if intrigued is the right word I'm I'm not trying but anyway with HIV the stigma was around men Mm. and in the past it was around surrounding gay men yeah um and so for that one I don't believe because I even like just from anecdotal is that the right word when you like hear it um anecdotal evidence like why do I think I'm a fucking scientist um from like (laughs) hearing things around me I never heard of people talking about HIV AIDS with women it was always with men um but I do feel like things like chlamydia gonorrhea and stuff like that I do feel like the the women in my life were like more stigmatized than which is so interesting because it's like takes two to tango well yeah and and even yeah, I could go on and on. <laughs> but that's the thing is like in in our community, if you heard about a male who had an STI, they it was brushed off. Yeah. But if 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 somebody found out that a female had one, that that was like their nickname basically. Mm. Yeah. And it was like it's just I don't know. And I don't really like to like paint that but but it, I mean it is like our experience in the society that we grew up in or the community that we grew up in so yeah. it's hard not to like paint that like picture picture but yeah but I think that that just goes back to like like things like slut shaming and um stuff like that because even when you talk about men who are more sexually promiscuous or whatever it's like fantastic great thing yeah or nobody cares yeah but if you talk about a woman you know, more often times men are less likely to be attracted to them. Women are, you know, catty or or look down on them for it. Um, same with like 
dressing a certain way or acting in certain ways you know women are more so held to this standard in my opinion in my in the society I live in um that you need to be I don't know I don't know what the word is like pure yeah exactly (laughs) and men can just like basically do whatever they want um I never really subscribed to that yeah (laughs) so I was kind of on the other end of it receiving that sort of thing because I just like basically did whatever the fuck I wanted yeah um and I was like suck on it uh literally (laughs) (laughs) yeah but um yeah I just don't think that it's anybody's decision other than your own and if you are having this is something I read recently though um it's not a quote but um if you're having safe healthy consent consensual sex with many partners that's your that's your prerogative that's your choice and it it's not up to anybody else to decide that that's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I was 16 and I can't, I think I was having, I can't remember who I was having a conversation with, but someone was talking about, <clears throat> talking down about someone, a woman that like had had like however many partners or whatever. And um, I was like, but how is that any different from like a woman that's like in a relationship and they have sex like daily? Yeah. Like what, like how did that suddenly make her more promiscuous or less promiscuous? Because like a lot of the times too, again, to generalize, it's like, men are pushing to have sex as much as possible within relationships and they're like it's like a joke and a big thing and whatever kind of thing it's like things that people complain about and it's just like how okay if we're having sex to the expectations that you want within a relationship how is that any fucking different from having that same amount of sex with different partners like nothing yeah nothing's getting loose nothing's changing like you know whatever like that it's just is my <laughs> <laughs> This is the thing. Let's talk about childbirth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is the thing. If I mean, our 1% of male viewers, okay? Nothing. Say it again for the people in the back who couldn't hear you. Okay? <laughs> it, it makes no difference. Women are born different in you know some people are taller some people are um have red hair some people have brown hair some people have wider hips which means that other things will be wider or you know some people are more petite which means that other things in their body will be more petite etc etc you (laughs) inserting yourself into me is going to make no difference in the long run don't flatter yourself (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh that drives me wild and that's and when you say that too when people um would say you know it's like a common theme i feel like people saying um that if you're promiscuous you're loose and what that means is that like your I guess like vagina canal vaginal canal is like wider yeah is what they're trying to allude to but they would never say because they're uncomfortable (laughs) so they use the word loose um how is that any different from if you exactly how is it any different from if you're having repeated interactions with somebody who you're in a long-term relationship with than if you are with another another human or I mean if you're being intimate by yourself yeah you know like yeah if you've like had sex or masturbated a hundred times like alone or with a partner or with like five partners it's like there's no difference between that yeah and but that brings me back is I wonder if the stigma may have started because this is like the maybe what people are thinking that if you have multiple partners you're more likely to attract like sexually transmitted yeah yeah exactly yeah well and and then like that's the thing too is like you know even though I could think that way at 16 and I was like that doesn't seem right Still, I would fucking jump on the bandwagon, like, of having those conversations and, like, making fun of people and shit. Why do we fucking do that as a society? I don't know. It's, like, you you say shit that you don't even really believe, but, like, it's just, like, like, 
it's almost as if people are like embarrassed that like if if they don't feel that way as well then like they might become that thing they're making fun of or something right. like it's just like well and and they stupid. don't want you yeah i would agree like in that say that conversation was happening you don't want to seem like the the person that they're talking about yeah exactly yeah, yeah. you want to like distance yourself from that but it's so stupid and i do think again going back to grade five <laughs> If we had just like had these conversations together communally, mm -hmm. I just think that it would be, I think things would be a lot different. Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, age does have like a factor to play in these conversations because, you know, you don't want to be having these conversations too young and then it's maybe not, you know, you're not mentally developed enough to like take in a lot of that information. But even if there was another sex ed class in like grade 11 or grade 12 or something like that, where you spoke about the more you know um depth things yeah emotional like maturity and stuff like that or even things like misconceptions uh, such as becoming loose for having too many partners or something like that you know um and something that i enjoyed about our grade 10 class actually because in my middle school sex ed class they had us write down questions that we had anonymously but you didn't have to write anything down if you didn't want to and so it was very obvious the people who were writing down questions. There's one guy with furiously with a pencil. Yeah. And yeah. I just thought that that was like, well, now nobody wants to write anything. But in grade 10, our educator made everybody write something. So we either had to write something that we learned, we had to write our name, or we could write a question if we had one. Yeah. And I thought that that was a really great tool because I think that I actually asked a question. Mm. And I wouldn't have asked a question. I can't recall, but I'm almost positive I did. And I wouldn't have asked a question if she didn't make everybody write something down because I didn't want to be the person who was asking a question. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think also, like, I, I think what would actually be beneficial, and, like, some people might think this is overkill, but it's odd to me that we didn't just have sex ed yearly. Mm. Like, and, and also just because, like, you could be introducing things as people are getting older and stuff like that. Like, okay, having the conversations about puberty and your body's changing and, like, whatever, all that kind of stuff. And then moving into, like, the conversations that are going to be more relevant the older that you're getting. Right. Um, but I, I feel like that would help a lot because even, like, I remember when we did that questions thing and people would people laughed at almost every single question that was asked yeah but i'm like but this is the thing is like nobody is is mature enough in this conversation to even listen to these questions being asked because we it's such a rare conversation right that it's uncomfortable yeah but it's like if we were having that conversation every single year i think that people would just be like oh you don't know this already like fuck. like you know yeah like, it would it, i don't think it, it would, would be like math or english yeah it would um i'm curious as well like what your opinion is on um talking about like masturbation and stuff in schools Ugh, yeah, see, I, it's hard because I do, I struggle with this feeling of I want everything to be normalized and I want it to be not uncomfortable, but I still grew up where it was uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So I'm like fighting with my belief system and what is like a part of me. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah, like what you believe now versus like what you were like raised to think. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So... Uh, <laughs> it's it's a hard one because I don't think that there's anything wrong with masturbation at all and I think that um I think that it's a part of intimacy would I feel comfortable back then have having talked about it in class and the ways in which you could go about it no yeah I don't think so and I wonder if that's because well a it's hard because in a school you have to be very careful about like sexual misconduct and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I could understand from that. Um, 
and because generally speaking is there much worry about sexually transmitted infections or diseases from masturbation no unless you're like sharing toys or something like that but i think more so pertaining to like the shame and guilt that comes around like um like intimacy in any aspect i see what you're saying yeah um and i think that to me it's it's funny because like as stigmatized as sex was and as like embarrassing as a conversation as that was for many people I feel like masturbation was not even discussed like between your friends like whatever like it's like it was just not nobody was talking about that nobody was comfortable about that and like I I know people that like typically if they were raised like like really 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 religious like they actually like experienced a lot of shame from having those thoughts or like those like desires or whatever as a kid um but it's but it's I I think that that's you know it, it is something that's so normal. It's happening constantly around us all the time, unfortunately, um, in public places even sometimes. Uh, but, you know, like, I, I think it's odd almost that, like, I don't think we said a single single word about that. In, I don't in think sex so ed. either. And, and again, just going back to, you know, making it part of the conversation of, like, this is... You know what would be a good segue for that? Now I'm just, like, trying to write a curriculum. Um, <laughs> is if they implemented something about talking to your partner about being able to be intimate with each other if one of you has any sort of infection or whatever is that you could mutually masturbate there you go and that's a good segue i feel (laughs) okay kids we're all going to choose a partner no 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 don't make this don't make this um um what am i trying to say like gross don't make it gross i'm trying to educate and (laughs) destigmatize anyway um that's kind of what I wanted to talk about, about like STIs and, and STDs. And if you guys feel comfortable, if you're like a nurse or a doctor or not even, and you feel comfortable like talking about it and stuff like that, um, because I didn't go through like seven years of <laughs> education for it, I think that it would be really cool even if like you DM me and stuff like that about information maybe that like I touched on. Um, because I just do feel like it just like makes me so sad that there are like you know, like our kids will grow up and will they have proper education? I don't know. I mean, they will because I'll be educating the <laughs> fuck out of them. <laughs> Listen, boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it does make me sad. And, and especially if you are somebody who, you know, has ever had an STI or an STD or whatever, that there is that stigma still out there mm-hmm. when there just doesn't need to be. Yeah. And the fear of having to go into your doctor and be like, I would like an STD scan, please. It's like, why do we feel like that? Like, why can't we just be like, hey, like, I would like this. Yeah. Right? Or even, like, with your requisition form, like, going into the blood clinic or or whatever for, for whatever reason. It just doesn't need to be a scary thing. Yeah. You know? Especially when there's so many treatments out there for so many of these things. Yeah. To stop them from mutating and stop them from, from hurting you further. It's like, it's kind of like a no-brainer, basically. Yeah. Well, and I think that, um, like, due to the stigma, I think a lot of people just don't even know that, like, there is, like, these things are highly treatable yeah. a lot of the times, and there is ways around it, like, that are to make you, like, still live comfortably and be able yeah. to have, like, intimacy and whatever, like, yeah. and, and I think that if that stigma was just brought down a little bit yeah just a t- just a drop. Well, and the three most common ones are actually curable. Yeah. So, I mean... What are we doing, guys? Yeah. Anyway, if you guys um, have any, like, concerns or anything like that or questions um, about, like, your sexual health and stuff like that, I mean, honestly, go to your doctor that you trust and stuff like that. And, um, I mean, obviously, I'm really – we're really privileged to be talking about this in Canada. I know that we, like, mention it often, but it's just because we don't want to, you know, miss – 
the obvious thing that it's not free everywhere um but i'm interested to know actually how much that an std scan is for um in america yeah if you're well and i think the places like planned parenthood had um subsidized yeah 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 sure they did which is like horrific that they are now being defunded at an alarming rate yeah anyway that's now we're depressed (laughs) a topic for another day but um i don't know i'm talking about it so i hope it makes you guys feel more comfortable talking about it too there you go thanks for schooling me i didn't really school you i wish that i was able to like understand better but i'm just not a doctor you gave me some good information oh good yeah thank you so much for listening you guys we will talk to you next week see ya Thank you.